All right, big weekend ahead. Big weekend ahead for Oklahoma Sooner Athletics. Uh, obviously, as I've talked about incessantly, I'm here in Palm Springs for OU softball as they square off against Cal State Fullerton and Loyola uh, Texas A&M today. Utah and LMU tomorrow, and, and then the big one with UCLA on Sunday. We've had weather issues all um, at least leading into today. At least we're worried about weather issues. But so far, so good. It looks like that that's not going to be an issue for today. Knock on wood. Tomorrow, completely different story. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Uh, OU basketball tomorrow against Iowa State. Josh, I feel like we haven't done our due diligence in talking about the women's game tomorrow at 1 o'clock against Texas. Get get your tickets, man. Get out and support Jenny Baranchek's team. This This is a really good basketball team. And I know that... I know that when you look back at the final score for the game against Texas, it's not necessarily reassuring. But now they get a chance to play them at home. It was a tight game in the first half. Sooners got off to a terrible start and then rallied to tie it and, and have themselves in the game in the second half. But, yeah, I am I'm pumped. I wish, I wish I could be there. I wish I could be there tomorrow. I mean, listen, I wouldn't trade anything for being with the softball team. But I wish I could be there just at least to be a part of the ambiance, to support the team, to make some noise for Jenny, to make some noise. I mean, this is arguably the biggest game, home game, in the distinguished careers of Taylor Robertson, Maddie Williams, and Ana Yanusa. So, 1 o'clock tomorrow. Tonight, OU Women's Gymnastics is in action. Uh, they've got a great deal going on where if you buy a ticket for one of these events, you can get a ticket for the other event for just 5 bucks. And honestly, it, it's not as if you're spending more than like 9 or 10 bucks to get into the gymnastics meet anyway. So go to Soonersports.com slash tickets. And what am I missing out? What, what have I not talked about as far as this weekend is concerned? I feel like women's basketball, men's hoops, women's gymnastics, uh, men's gymnastics is on the road. And I'm here at softball. Oh, baseball. Thank you. Baseball, uh, Skip Johnson and the crew. Uh, have they are we are we worried about the weather at all this weekend in Norman? Have have they said anything about the potential shift in any game times? Was there a tweet that was sent out and now I'm going to look like a moron because I haven't seen it because everything I see still has three uh, p Friday, two p Saturday, and one p Sunday. Let's let's do some digging and let's all find right. out. Do you want me to wait for you? Do you want me to move on? No, no, no. Keep, you, you okay. keep going. Yeah, you, you don't have to wait. <laughs> well, I can't see you. It's like, wait, hold on. What's going on here? All right, every single day on the Plank Show at 10 a.m., we're going to pick out a storyline for spring football and, and really dive into it. On Tuesday's show, Wednesday's show, excuse me, we really hit hard the, uh, the Sooners freshman, defensive freshman, who can make an impact. Coming up, on Monday's show, we're going to talk Jackson Arnold. So uh, the, the cool thing is there's been a lot of different things done media-wise. So there's fun audio to go with this, and, and, and there's learning. But today, we're going to spend some time on, on Deshaun McCullough. And, oh, by the way, breaking news, Drew England is reporting that the game Sunday got moved from 2P to 1P. Can you confirm that, Josh, or is this insider information right now? That sounds like insider stuff. Oh, there we go. No, that's, All right. that, that's correct, yes. Okay, beautiful. So, Deshaun McCullough. Okay, I'm going to make a statement, and you tell me if you agree with it or disagree with it. 
okay? And it's 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 maybe – oops, sorry. It's maybe a little bit bombastic. It may be a little bit out there. You tell me. Deshaun McCullough has the potential to be the biggest impact defensive transfer OU has ever had. Fair or unfair? Being too dramatic or too overly dramatic. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not including JUCOs. Not including JUCOs. But just guys who came from other schools. Deshaun McCullough has a chance to be the most impactful transfer that we've ever seen for OU football. I I don't think that's crazy. I'd have to think of what the short list looked like. Sure. Like, who's all on that short list? There's not many. Uh, from last gosh, this is just going to be a fight all day with me and this adapter. Prepare yourself, softball fans. I might throw something. <laughs> yeah, at the there's game going today. to be a piece of equipment broken. Holy smokes! You know, Teddy. My favorite Teddy story is where he talked about how he has people that put his lights on for him, his Christmas lights on for him, because he knows what's going to happen, and if something goes even slightly awry, that front guttering is going to end up being ripped off, thrown in the middle of the front yard. <laughs> it's kind of how I feel right now with, oh, I got my own audio. Don't worry about it. But I, 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 I'm sure there's a low-hanging fruit that I'm, that I'm missing and someone's going to be like, well, about so-and-so. But just, you know, if you think about transfers that have made a massive impact on um, – if you think about transfers that have made a massive impact for Oklahoma defensively, there's there's not major names that jump right out, at least off the top of my head, outside of guys that came in from JUCOs, right? So, I mean, I'm, I'm even racking my brain, you know, for this segment and getting ready for it, and even Google searches where, you know, you got to go back to the – you got to go back quite a ways to have any kind of conversation about impactful dudes. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I was – by the way, I got really triggered yesterday. Speaking of transfers, somebody put out there um, the most, the most impactful. Or, excuse me, the one that got away, right? The one that got away, and um, they they did not have. They had like Doriel Green Beckham number one on that list, and they had Cam Newton third. I don't know who made this list, but you're fired for making lists. You should never make a list again for the rest of your life. There is only one, oh, man, he got away. What a difference he could have made. He could have really been. And it's Cam Newton. That's it. Period. End of list. Doriel Green Beckham? He was here. He, he could play. No. But Cam Newton is the one that got away. I, I, I got caught up in the mentions. I'm sitting in the airport. I'm waiting for this. So I'm in the mentions. People are like, what about Jacob Phillips? No. No. It's Cam Newton. Jacob, you're not winning a national championship with Cam Newton. You put you put Scam Newton on that team, and what would that be, Josh? 10 or 11? They're probably winning a national championship. I said it. So it, whoever made that list, we, we've got issues. All right, you made the list. You made my list. But as far as that list is concerned, um, there's, there's not that laundry list of big-time names that – jumped in on the defensive side of the football from the transfer portal artist transfers in general that made a big difference oh my gosh oh my god i'm going to throw my freaking computer people we are talking defensive transfers thank you 405 for noticing 918 i'm going to give you a pass because maybe you're a little bit delayed but we are talking about major impact 
defensive transfers. Why do I even open up the Air Comfort Solutions text line in the middle of this? I thought you guys might be some help. And the first thing I see is, what about Jalen Hurts? He was kind of impactful. Yeah, no S, buddy. We're talking about defensive players. (laughs) Hey, 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 be nice. Don't let the adapter win. This is all the adapter's fault. Um, anyway, in all reality, it again, potential is one thing, right? You've got to see it play out. So a um, lot, of, lot of good stuff here from McCullough. Let's see how much of it is actually going to work. I think James asked him a really good question. Are you going to be doing – how different is what you're doing here at Oklahoma from what you did at Indiana? Talking about using you here in the distance. Uh, here there will be a lot more coverage than I did at Indiana. So you'll see more of an expansion than what I did at Indiana for sure. So a lot comfortable with that? Oh, for sure, no question. You talk about the uh, – Coach Roof. Yes. But I'll kind of be going back and forth with Valai and – I'll be going back and forth a little bit. Coach Bates is the end. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so I'll be a little bit everywhere. So it, just, it really just depends on where they want me at for that practice with individuals. But it'll be a little bit everywhere. When it comes to you, you and Jay, does that just sort of happen? Okay, I, I don't care about. I mean, we're in the middle of positioning, and someone's going to ask about going with his brother. Come on, Bob. Now I'm angry at everyone. I have no right to be. <laughs> hey, what about a good transfer? I thought Kyler was pretty good. We're talking defense. Um, but in all seriousness, Josh, that's a lot, right? It seems as if there is a lot to what they're going to be asking him to do. Um, I, I don't think the question would have been Todd Bates. I think it was Miguel Chavis, whom he would be with more on the defensive line, right? Because he would be more of an edge guy than an, an interior right. guy. So there's, you know, three different rooms that he makes it sound like he's going to be a part of. in coverage, um, so he even said Jay Bly. In, in who coaches the Cheetah, who has them in their room, which is uh, Ted Roof, and then maybe even a little Miguel Chavis in there as well. So, in other words, that to me makes it seem like they're, they're big time in all of the different positions. Now, maybe Todd Bates is. Maybe they feel like they can beef him up a little bit, Josh. I don't know. But it, it just it seems to me like this is a guy that they're bringing in, and they're going to find out where he fits best on just about any given Saturday. Which they should, right? Now is the time to explore whether or not Cheetah would work. And right. if he's got the coverage skills to make it happen, uh, he's got the speed to, to get out in space and stick with guys. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, open field, tackling, all of that. I mean, that's, that's the missing ingredient to take this defense to the next level. You, you have a great Cheetah, that's, that's the missing ingredient. Do you like how awesome this adapter is being today? It started things wrong. All right, let's uh, let's <laughs> let's see what he says about just overall how he ended up at Oklahoma. Uh, it's been great. I mean, I've been uh, jumping into workouts. The workouts have been pushing me. I mean, everything's been pushing me. Uh, film, mentally, Coach Venables has been pushing me to learn this defense. So this is the exact reason why I came here, though, is to grow as a man, become a great football player, not just physically but IQ-wise, too. So it's been great. What? By the way, this is a good one. What about you choking on you to get you? I'll show myself out. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. Or however you uh, spell it, which is or the best, you spell it. best part of the text. Uh, I, I, my favorite thing about uh, Anya to get you was Bob Barry Sr., whenever he was calling play-by-play, he was so, so excited when he would get it right. He'd be like, here's uh, Anya to get you. <laughs> you know, it's just like that excitement over getting it right. Uh, all right, so anyway, back to Deshaun McCullough. Um, 
I guess maybe the point more than anything else, Josh, is so many times in these conversations, like I'm, I'm bringing up the fact that he's the most exciting. He has the most uh, a potential to be a, a defensive difference maker as a transfer. That I, I mean, a dude that has never taken a snap for Oklahoma before. We lay out, hey, who is going to be? Does he have the potential to be the best defensive transfer that we've seen? for Oklahoma, and we're not able to come up with with a, a name right off the top of our head. That's crazy. Well, I, I think one thing that is definitely true, McCullough's coming in here with a, a ton of hype, right? I mean, whether or not we could come up with any sort of a short list that would, would rival him from a different school in terms of a defensive transfer joining. There's no doubt that if he's not number one, he's one of the top five or ten or whatever. I mean, he, he's got this expectation surrounding him, Plank, that he's going to come in here and he's going to kind of immediately overnight, based on what he did at Indiana and his production right. already, that very quickly he will help morph this defense into what was – really a pretty bad unit a season ago into really perhaps a pretty good unit this season. Mm. And and it sounds like a guy that you can do a lot with, right? It sounds like a guy that, you know, it, it, Captain Obviousing here off of what he just said, they feel like he can do a little bit of everything. Um, I, I Here's one thing with me with McCullough, and I'm trying not to get too caught up in the hype, but here's the thing with McCullough. Who was, his, who was the first person that called him whenever he was in the portal? Brent Venables. And, you know, obviously I'm sure that there's that they get heads up and things of that nature, and it's fine, right? It's, it's life. It's what it's all about. But I got to be honest with you. I, that says a lot to me, you know, regardless of how you feel about the way things went last year. And if you're still holding that, fine. I can't blame you. I completely understand. But... The thing we know more than anything else is this. Brent knows talent. Coach Venables knows dudes who can come in and be difference makers. And absolutely, absolutely, Josh, he saw something in Deshaun McCullough that said, I've got to get this guy here. I don't – whatever it takes, we've got to get this guy here. And immediately he did. Immediately he did. So I just – I'm going to always trust Brent Venables when it comes for that eye for talent. And whenever this guy is in the portal and the first person that calls him is Brent Venables and he's pushing and he brings him in, excitement level is sky high for this guy. And from everything that we've read and everything that we've seen, I mean, the kid sounds like an absolute rock star, an absolute rock star. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We'll, we'll see what position he ends up playing. But. You know, somebody, this is a good one, off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Um, Sam and Edmund writes, Torrance Marshall. Um, but he was a JUCO guy, so not sure if he qualifies. Again, I, I put a, this practice has been a magnification of either, A, we we are, are terrible with our comprehension skills, uh, which I know I am, or, you know, there's people that jump in and out all the time. The point with McCullough is, Non-Juco, guy that came from another school. Defensive, and the buzz around him, unlike any defensive transfer that we've seen. So, Torrance Marshall, yeah, probably number one on number one on that list, right? Absolutely, would have to if be. We, 
if we had JUCOs, him, what was, was, wasn't was Lance Mitchell a JUCO transfer to? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. But, you know, th- those are dudes that, yeah, boom, they they were absolutely be the. But when you're just talking about, like, the Kylers and the Bakers, dudes that came from other schools, dudes that came from in this transfer portal era, Oklahoma hasn't really hit a home run with a guy out of the transfer portal defensively yet. C.J. Colton was pretty good last year. But, again, I mean, wh- what do we have about a seven-game, six-game sample? So it's kind of hard to basically – Except that. Well. As an answer. And to that point, it was the back half of the season. But also, McCullough, theoretically, could be great for two seasons at Oklahoma. Right. Could be great. And, and, you know, it's amazing, isn't it? The difference between one really, really good and or even great versus two great seasons. How how guys are remembered. Kyler Murray, to me. The personality would never have rivaled Baker Mayfield, but if he did what he did here in his Heisman season two years, oh, man, it, it would be – I don't know if it would be a totally split decision, but there would be more of a debate among Sooner fans of, well, which quarterback did you love more? Right. You know, it's exactly. like the only thing that right. works against Kyler is he only got the one year. Right. Um, and then when you switch it over the defensive side, we don't really have anyone like that. So, I mean, I, I completely and totally understand where if you hear – Someone talking about transfers, and and immediately you hear a dude's like, man, Deshaun McCullough could end up being the best one they've had. Your immediate reaction is, what about Jalen? What about this guy? What about what? Um, but we're talking about defensive, and we nuanced it where we're looking at this modern era. We're not talking JUCOs. We're not talking about, you know, a, a past lives, if you will. I'm sure there's someone that's going to go back to 1930 and say, what about this guy? You might – again – just in the in this moment, in this now, this is a guy that I think has can make all the difference in the world for Oklahoma. It's a good question. We're on to Sean McCullough in our weekly breakdown of, of storylines leading up to Sooner Spring football from the 405. Do you think they will use Deshaun McCullough like Dallas uses Micah Parsons? Good question for Ted. But I also would say, Josh, Based on what he just said in that clip we played, if you could hear it through that stupid adapter I have today, um, it, it sounds like that he's in about three different rooms, maybe four, and he's going to learn a lot. So, yeah, I think he's a guy that you know is going to do some coverage. I think he's a guy they might play backer some. I think he's a guy that obviously is going to be involved in that cheetah position quite a bit, which, again, is coverage. And I, I think he's a guy that you might see in certain sets where he's rushing the passer. I just – I mean, you know, I've fallen for this before whenever we were getting set for the emergence of Buki. And what was everyone saying about Buki, Josh? I envision this defense being 10 guys and Buki flying around making plays. Well, didn't really materialize. It gets more challenging with each passing day and week, doesn't it? I know, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> i got to let that go. That phrasing and the Roy Williams thing, it's, ugh. Yeah. Did not yeah. age well. But – you know, Deshaun McCullough, in, in at least that conversation, you're talking about a dude where, to a certain degree, we, we, we've seen it, right? We've seen it from him. He had an outstanding, an outstanding start to his career at Indiana. And in, in talking about Deshaun McCullough, again, you're talking about a dude that, you know, is six foot five, 229 pounds. I mean, he's a guy that's going to get 
bigger and stronger and faster as he continues to get in Schmitty's program and work his frame a little bit. You know, on Monday we're going to talk about arguably the most exciting freshman quarterback that we've seen here in a minute, right? In well, I say that, but we had Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler, uh, but maybe in a year in Jackson Arnold and for this new era. But, you know, everyone's excited about Peyton Bowen and the freshman coming in defensively and at Byway, at a ball, excuse me, and some of the other guys that can make an impact, you know, Josiah Wagner, Macari Vickers. But, I mean, as far as defensive transfers are concerned, you're bringing in a guy that already, you know, last year had six and a half tackles for loss, had, um, what, uh, four sacks last year just in his own, uh, ended up with, uh, 49 tackles. He's He's got the game tape. He's got the film where you've seen it. So I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what, what role he could play. And if indeed he ends up being the kind of guy that in years from now we're like, man, Sean McCullough, when he came in, holy smokes. He, he changed that whole defense. And then now suddenly, you know, other guys are looking – more so than maybe they ever had before. And Sam breaks up a great point, Sam and Edmund. The home run defensive transfer stopped when Brent left. I can't think of any after he left expect, except maybe Colden. Yeah, well, he brought in Colden. <laughs> he brought C.J. Colden was the guy they brought in. I, it's just, again, it's more to build up Deshaun McCullough than to S on anything that's happened before. So I'm not trying to make it sound that way. But the bottom line, more than anything else, Josh, I'm excited for Deshaun McCullough because the numbers are there, height and weight is there, versatility seems to be there, and you know we we, we talked so much about cross training positions for many years and, and and kind of what that mindset looked like and how it looked and sometimes it failed and sometimes it was a success. This looks to be a guy that is truly, truly capable of cross-training in different positions and truly capable of being a big-time difference maker. I know some might say, you're putting a lot on his plate. Well, yeah, he came to Oklahoma to play for a Brent Venables defense. There's a lot on his plate, and there's going to be. And at least in his demeanor and the way that he's approached it so far, Josh, it fires me up to see what his future can be. And if it clicks for him at Cheetah, that opens the door for I don't know, both a Danny Stutzman and a Jaron Canick to be on the field as well, or Stutzman and insert other name at linebacker for Oklahoma, which all of a sudden you just think about the possibilities of, of what that means for Oklahoma, the athleticism that that uh, presents to opposing offenses. It's it's exciting to think about. Um, all right, let's get a break. Anything else you want to add on, on – uh... Uh, on McCullough, it's kind of caught. Oh, here's someone said defensive transfer. Maybe someone like a Key Lawrence. See, there, there we go. Unfortunately for Key, he hasn't. You know, he's battled some injuries. I think this is a big year for him. You know, he's one of those guys that we've kind of forgotten about that I think can possibly, you know, really have a good, nice little breakout year. He showed flashes last year. It needs to be more consistent. But yeah, I mean, we're having a dig here, guys. We're having a dig, and and no one's popping to our mind. The, the opportunities are infinite for the difference that they can make. But anything else to add to McCullough before we grab a break and start talking about rivalries? You, you, might, you might have a couple of these names before it's all said and done with this transfer portal hall that we're talking about in the, you know, in the future about the past. 
hey, right. th- these are the best defensive transfers that Oklahoma ever brought in. You know, Jeffrey Johnson, if he had been oh, Perry yeah. on Winfrey good, maybe he would be toward the top of uh, – you know, that type of conversation, but you just haven't had a lot of those names historically. But hopefully you've got a McCullough that we're talking about in this regard, and I don't know, maybe a Bothroyd, maybe a Ford, maybe a Sears, right, maybe a Pearson. Maybe there's multiple guys in the future that we're talking about in this one offseason. It's like, wow, those, those were incredible transfers that Oklahoma brought in defensively. Mm. All right, quick break. Come back. I'm in Palm Springs with the Sooner softball team. We're getting set to board a bus here in a couple of hours, but I get to hang with you next right here on the ref. We were we were laughing during the break. Someone was mad at me. I, I always I always get somebody mad at me on this show. I, I don't know how it happens. I mean, I, I feel like at my core, if you know me, 99.9% of any of this anger is is fake outrage, and you guys know that. I mean, five minutes after I get mad, I'm probably laughing. But the, I, I literally, I, I had to laugh. The the first person that texted Baker, Kyler, Jalen, and then here, here's my point. Here's my point. Cole, I think this is from Cole and Claremore. I love you, Cole. I appreciate you guys. I love any interaction we get on this show. But if you think Josh and I are having a conversation about transfers and the first person I bring up to say, you know, I can't think of any other better transfers. Deshaun McCall is going to be the greatest ever. If you really think that that is how dumb I am, and we, I think you probably shouldn't listen to this show anyway. I mean, <laughs> the fact that you would be listening to someone on the Home Sooner fans and they immediately wouldn't be bringing up those guys, <laughs> I think it would be, well, I don't really know what I'm doing here. And ultimately <laughs> – if I can defend Cole a little bit here. I'm it, trying to be nice to him. It really is out of love for the station and trying to participate. So we we get it. You know, every once in a while you're, you're tuning in and out. You're not hearing the entirety of the discussion. But uh, you got to give us a little bit of a break, too, because sometimes it, it's frustrating for us when we, we, we don't is. always realize you're in and out, you're busy people, no. and you're not oh. listening to every last piece of the, the conversation. We, we get it, but we also don't get it. It's frustrating I, for I, us at times. I, 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 re- I realize that there is also a how dumb do you think I am quotient to that. Don't answer that. Don't you answer that, Cole. But I appreciate you all. You know, this is um, to the 580 who just texted in, who writes, um, uh, oh, hold on. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you for getting me excited about Sooner football on this cold travel day. It has truly warned me to the core. Hashtag ref army. He, here's just to be blatantly honest about it. Um, I, I, I at my core, I love football more than anything. I just do. I mean, I love, well, hold on. Let me rephrase that. In my sports world, <laughs> my, my kids, you know, my wife, you know, my, Josh, my, my work, I mean, that the, the, those are people that truly have my love. My, my church fam, you know, it's, it's all the, my girlfriend. Okay. But it all, that, that's my love. You know, that's, that's, that's where in, in my priorities I think are okay, are set. But, Josh, when it comes to sports, like everyone that says, man, I'm so tired of the Aaron Rodgers stuff, I am too, but I'm sure I'm intrigued by it. And this Russell Wilson thing, man, I want to sit and talk about this all day. Like, I, I love this kind of stuff. And so, for me, the preseason is, you know, what, what's the what's the joke now? Hopium. Like, we're all filled with hopium. And it, hope is a hell of a drug. And I am very hopeful about things for football. So much so, so much so that 
it's like all it's all I want to talk about. And it, it it's wild because season and I love listen, I'm with the softball team right now, so obviously I love this sport, but it's hey, the draft is coming up. Spring football's coming up, combines next week. You know, NFL free agency starts. There's these new rules. We got a new conference coming up. We're trying to figure out what rivalries are going to look like. I mean, I just I'm not I'm just pointing out that we've committed to this every single day at 10 a.m. because as the home of the Sooner fans, I get the sense that, hey, we're going to get plenty of hoops and we're going to get plenty of, 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 of diamond sports talk. But by God, here is regardless of what's going on in the world, regardless of what's happening, uh, even when we have a guest, we're going to do it. If it has to be delayed, we're still going to 30 good minutes, if not more of non-stop, Josh, non-stop Oklahoma football talk. And it'll questions like this. Can we talk about DJ Graham? Will he make an impact on the offense? Okay, well, why not this? Next Monday, we're going to talk about – we're getting the low-hanging fruit ones out of the way early. So that way, we're going to be deep in our bag come about mid, uh, mid-March, right before the start of <laughs> – right before the first day of spring ball, and then even in that, you'll have your daily updates. But – how about we do? How about we do guys under the radar difference makers on next Tuesday, right? And maybe DJ Graham can be that guy. There, though, is it already ten thirty six? It is, but uh, carry okay. on. There's about three guys right now that I look at. You know what? And I don't think there's an updated roster yet on on SoonerSports.com. But there's, there's three to four to maybe five guys that I look at the roster and I'm like, oh, wow, they didn't transfer. You know, and maybe part of that is, you know, Brent Venable saying, hey, you know, take a year to learn this, and I think you've got a chance to be an impact player. Let's see how it goes in spring. And if it's not working for you after the spring, good luck. Um, I, I, I've heard Murdoch talk about Corey Roberson a lot, and that's a guy for me that – I felt like when he played two years ago, he would flash every now and then. But I don't even know if he had a snap last year. Um, and, and when he was suited up for the bowl game, I thought, well, maybe he's a guy that you see a little bit, put some stuff on tape, and then he's gone. But he's still here from at least everything that I've seen. I mean, now, Stoops Bros may have a a, a list on Soonerscoop.com that I haven't seen. But, I mean, he's still here. DJ Graham fits into that mix. Like, I look, I'm like, whoa, DJ Graham's still on this roster. How about that? <laughs> right? Because whenever whenever he went to Brent Venables, I mean, I'm not a big body language guy. Let me rephrase that. I, I don't try to read into body language too much, but I, I always kind of can tell from body language if maybe someone is a little bit disappointed or, you know, not overly enthused about something. And I, I, don't, I don't feel like in his tone – Brent Venables was all overly enthused about DJ Graham saying, I want to go play offense, right? Not, you know, he wasn't making an impact defensively, but it wasn't like, oh, man, we're going to get DJ over there, and, you know, we feel like he's going to be a difference maker, and this is something for him. It was very, it was kind of subdued, right? It was simple. It's like, hey, man, that's his passion was on the offensive side of the football, and we told him to give that opportunity, so there we go. On the, on the defensive, he was going to go back on the offense, and that was it. So I kind of thought, and I know I'm not alone, I thought he might be a guy that we look up and he's on our list of dudes in the portal, but not the case. So, maybe there's Wednesday shows. Five guys that you look at like, whoa, they're still here. Can they make a difference? I think you start that with DJ Graham. I think you add to that Corey Roberson. 
I'm sure there's a couple of other defensive guys that if I looked up and down, he'd be like, whoa, that guy's still here? But you never know what kind of difference it can make. All right, let's break. Um, when we come back, uh, so I, I'm all in my bag. I'm all, like, in my head about rivalries and what it's going to look like in the SEC. Let's see what it takes to create a rivalry next right here on The Ref. Josh, are you following the latest twists and turns in uh, in NFL draft talk right now by chance? Or since you're still celebrating a Super Bowl title, do you not have to worry about us peons who are just hoping for anything to go right with our team? Can't wait for the NFL draft in Kansas City. Man, it's going to be fun. Oh, it's in KC, too. I know. Isn't that awesome? Wait a minute. Wait just a Gosh darn minute. We got to go. We got to go. Hold on. I think we've done this before on the show, but because it's the 27th this year, right? So let's see where the Sooner softball team is. We play Kansas here. So maybe I, I think we're on the road. I think we're at, I think I might be in Wichita. Dude, if I'm in Wichita for the night of the NFL draft, um, let's see here. Yeah, no, not going to happen. I know every every nice <laughs> thing. It. Every nice thing we can't have. Darn it. We do play Kansas, but we play Kansas here. You think we can move that series to Lawrence, Coach? <laughs> we're trying to go to the NFL draft, Coach. I want to go to the NFL draft. I understand we're chasing a championship here, but all right. So, um, a couple quick air comfort solutions. Text four zero five six five one. Oh, go ahead. What What is the twist with the draft? What's going on? Oh gosh, I never even paid off the tease, did I? Um. Anthony Richardson is becoming a favorite to go number one in the draft. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. So, um, I, I, I guess, the keyword here is, is guess, that people are falling in love with that the word traits. Um, perhaps, perhaps you all have heard of this, where traits matter. But Anthony Richardson was – 100 to 1 to be the first pick in the NFL draft. Over the last couple of days, that number has moved to plus 700. So still good value, but, I mean, we're still talking about a pretty dramatic drop. From 100 to 1 to 7 to 1? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's substantial. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's still it's still good value at 7 to 1. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, he was 101, and now he's plus 700 this week to be the first pick in the NFL draft. So, I didn't know. Hey, first of all, I learn every, I keep forgetting every year you could bet on the draft. But, number two, if, you know, Ted Wynn is one of my favorite followers on Twitter. And I like Ted a lot. I, I think he's very smart. And he's like, listen, they're going to swing for the fences. If you're like, I've got to try to beat. Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen. That's the dude. That's the dude right there. Um, physically, mechanically, obviously there's some issues. But just as an overall like piece of clay that you can mold, he's the guy. But I just, number one, Josh? Number one? Oh. You know, I don't like all of Danny Cannell's takes. <laughs> and it's getting a little bit dark over there in Canal Country right now. But he, he did say something the other day that stood out to me that really caught my eye, and I, I feel like it's 100% right. And I think I'm, I'm pretty guilty of this too. But 
Danny Cannell tweeted, leading into the draft, I've never seen people try to sell themselves on two quarterbacks with bad tape, but potential upside like this year. It's pretty bizarre. And those two quarterbacks are Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. And people are just losing their minds over them right now, just absolutely losing their minds. So I don't know if I would take him number one. I think if I'm sitting in the draft and I've got Justin Fields, I'm going to take Will Anderson um, or Jalen Carter. But I also, if I'm thinking about trading up, I still don't think I'm trading up for Anthony Richardson. I think I'm trading up for Bryce Young right now. I don't care that he's slight. I don't care that he's short. I think Bryce Young's a dude. You know, if the Ra- here's what's going to happen. The Raiders are going to move up to number one. They're going to give up a future first-round pick, and that first-round pick is going to end up being the number one pick in the draft next year. I can almost guarantee it. And Derek Carr is going to lead the Saints to the Super Bowl in New Orleans, or excuse me, in Las Vegas, where they'll get waxed by Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, who will win back-to-back Super Bowls. I saved you all from watching a full season of football. Raiders move up, draft Anthony Richardson, suck even more in 23. Uh, They give up a future first-round pick. That ends up being Caleb Williams for someone. And during next year, Derek Carr leads the Saints to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs get to celebrate a Super Bowl title in the home of the Raiders. That'd Does be great. Get, any yeah. worse? get, oh get to beat God. Carr again. That'd be terrific. <laughs> He's only beat you once. Only beat you once. Um, but you know what? Doggone it. They did laps yeah. around the stadium. Brian with a Y. Yeah. <laughs> John Gruen decided to take a victory lap for some reason. One of his final um, victory laps. And we took the word of some half price bus boy that was the one reporting it uh brian with a y in tulsa so that means the bears trade away fields then not necessarily uh, i think it means more the bears trade away the top pick right and it looks like indianapolis is losing its mind in order to try to get up there so we'll, we'll see how that pans out i want to i didn't really accomplish anything there that segment except laying out the big news in the draft so uh, i, I want to spend some time talking about like how i view rivalries and in what we can do to potentially see building and creating rivalries. But I felt like in, in just mentioning this, we had three texts that kind of capsulized it all for me. So I want to hit those next. A reminder, 1 o'clock tomorrow, OU women's basketball against Texas. Massive game. Get your tickets now at Soonersports.com slash tickets. We're going to hear from Jenny Bronchek in the top five stories of the day coming up right here on The Ref. Josh, are you tired of my complaining during the break yet? Uh, hey, I encourage everybody – if you haven't, there are there are two well, there's one exceptional interview with Joe Castiglione. Toby and him were awesome yesterday. It's fantastic. It's on our podcast page at kref.com, uh, or simply search kref. However, you consume podcast. Um, I talked to Joe too. Toby and him are are tight. It's it's an I I listened to Toby and Joe's interview, and I literally came. I was like, oh man. Toby's so much better than me. What are we doing? What? Aww. But we've got one as well on the Sooner Sports Podcast. I hope you guys will check it out. Soonersports.com slash podcast or however you consume podcast. And um, we'll share a little bit of it. In fact, Josh, I mean, I don't know when we're leaving. I'm going to ride with Patrick. So we don't have to necessarily bolt out of here as quickly as we thought we were. But um, – I might might send to have you play a little bit of it before we get out because it's really good. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to be patting my back. You know, Toby and him is fantastic is, is is elite. But you know, I I I kid a bit because I was re- I'm really proud of it, man. I I love hearing Joe C talk and 
just the excitement around the move to the SEC. We touched on it a little bit early in the show yesterday. You know the uh, the Norman community understanding the the challenges and the influx of people that it's going to face, and it's just it's it, it pumps me up for the future. So we'll we'll share a little bit of that, but go check it out. Two opportunities to hear from the boss now. As we go into the SEC, as we start to transition towards this being the home of, of the SEC, <laughs> the home of Sooner fans in the Southeastern Conference, I'm, I'm always interested in what, okay, what's the next rival that's going to build out of this. And I'm not saying it has to become years and years. There's, there's stretches, right? That OU-Baylor rivalry during Stoops v. Bryles, that was something, man. And – you know, they got the better half of the Sooners for a minute, and then we realized, bad ah, things aren't necessarily going so well in Waco. But that was that was a challenge. That was fun. You know, something's got to replace Bedlam. And so I just I, – I was a little bit in my feels last night and started thinking about different things that need to be done to create these rivalries and how can it be done organically. Um I mean, you guys were already all over it on, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Here's one from the 405. Controversial games are a game surrounded by a wild decision. Sparks lit between the fan bases, and then year on or year out, every other year just builds on it. Bingo. That number one, an element of controversy, an yeah. element of one side being wronged, right? Uh, Sooner, Sooner Stu writes, Competing for conference championships with a team over and over will build that rivalry. Absolutely. What are the stakes? And then the other side is just how it's viewed on a national scale, right? How is it viewed? In other words, if you're seeing the elite of the elite go at it, everybody's all over it. I, I got a lot more thoughts on this. They want to cram it into a frequent segment here. Yeah, frequency. Exactly. You got to play the game too. I mean, to me, it's got to be a permanent rival. It can't be. It's sort yeah. of a rivalry with Alabama if you play every every other year. But you got to play. Year. You got to play every year. Play them. It's a Plank Show right here on the Ref. Top five day. Uh, top five stories next.